Bitcoin will skyrocket and everything else will trend to zero versus Bitcoin. It's a bold claim that many have made and one that I happen to truly believe may come true. And certainly Max and Stacy think is likely in the future. And nobody is closer to Bitcoin and what's being built than the two of them, especially in El Salvador. We were actually going to have them on the show last week, but they couldn't do it because they had to have a casual meeting down at the central bank that for some reason was uh, you know, interfering with my big plan. So I think it's fair to say that they're doing big things in El Salvador, and I can't wait to get an update on all of that and everything that they're building there. And I really can't wait to hear what they think about the Bitcoin spot ETFs being approved in the United States. Guys, you definitely do not want to miss this conversation. Let's go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and hit that like button. It's like Christmas, uh, two months in a row. I get to talk to both Max and Stacy. Stacy, I don't think that we've actually had the pleasure of being on the show together. But Max, you've given me the most memorable moments in the history of my show. Uh, of course, that's that's what I do. That's what, that's what I'm good for. Bitcoin's got <laughs> balls. But I have the quote. Can I, I, you know, I don't want to do it. I'm going to play it there. We literally hear it. So America has to decide, do we want to be taking orders from other countries because we don't like balls? Or are we going to man up and say we have balls and we're not going to take orders from India, China, Russia and Iran? We're at the risk of being a subservient housekeeping, you know, house boys, rent boys. There's a nation of rent boys in America that'll be servicing Iranian, Chinese, Russian and Indian men. And, and women, it, 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 that's the, what we're going to end up be doing, Scott, you know, unless we get fucking our balls out and start to be, uh, you know, represent that, that we have values here. So Bitcoin, everything about Bitcoin represents oh, yeah, and you want to have balls and you want to compete like a man buy Bitcoin. If you're a man and you want to stop being without balls or just have bigger, ones. have bigger balls buy buy Bitcoin. And, and you will take care of your gonad problem. So Bitcoin is, is, are basically our balls. That, that's, what I think, what we're saying here, Scott. Bitcoin are balls. Bitcoin are Hashtag. balls. Well, you, sir, have no lack of balls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, we never got it trending, I don't think. Bitcoin are balls. Has anything changed about uh, what you were saying there, Max? <laughs> no, I stand by those words. And uh, even more so, you know, because... What's happening is, as you see, with Wall Street now coming into Bitcoin with the spot ETFs, Larry Spink decided he wanted to have balls. And uh, over there, uh, Franklin Templeton, they uh, look like they're going down the vagina route, right? Because they're going down the shitcoin route. They're talking about Web3. They've got their vagina out, which is not what we want. We want balls. We want testicles. We don't want vaginas in the Bitcoin space. Uh, we've got uh, Kathy Woods. She's got balls, right? Which is interesting because she was born with a vagina, but she's got balls with her ETF, Arc B. She's Bitcoin, you know, centric. She understands the Bitcoin philosophy and ethics. So, you know, I stand by my word, Scott. You know, we we broke that story and it's uh, become uh, ever more important. I was actually a bit surprised when they just interviewed Kathy Wood and she said that she had 25% of her personal net worth in Bitcoin, even outside of the company. So clearly she is a real believer. I mean, I, I bet you guys want her to trend a little higher than 25%, right, Stacey? But that's a pretty damn good start for somebody with that much uh, exposure to every asset on the planet. Actually, she was very early. Remember, she's been in Bitcoin since 2014, just like Abby Johnson from uh, Fidelity. So it's actually the the banking women, the Wall Street women who were first before all the men, I have to say. So Bitcoin are balls, <laughs> but, uh, you know, with a female face. Yeah, everybody can have balls in the uh, in, in the you know, grander sense, for sure, I think. Now, <laughs> I, I do want to talk about these Bitcoin spot ETFs. You mentioned Franklin Templeton. Uh, I, that was a little nuts yesterday. For anyone who didn't see, I think they let a uh, drunken intern take over their account who started talking about Solana meme coins and what the fuck. Um, but I think conceptually, uh, we can clearly make the case that Wall Street is here. The institutions are interested. We have, you know, 
more than 10 of these ETFs trading. Is this a good or a bad thing for Bitcoin in your mind? Well, it's it's definitely a good thing. I think it also heralds like a new era for Bitcoin as we get into this having. I think from 20 to 24 was the era of Michael Saylor. He defined that epoch of Bitcoin uh, with his big, big buys uh, of Bitcoin. And now we're entering into a new era, the, the Larry Finks of the world. And I'm looking over there at the middle, Mideast at uh, Saudi Aramco, you know, is a huge company with a lot of cash. I think they should get into Bitcoin. I think these are going to be the new mega players in the sovereign states and the sovereign wealth funds who are going to start buying, buying big into Bitcoin. So it's this new era that we're entering into. And we should say thank you to Michael Saylor because he did a fantastic job in taking Bitcoin. In my view, he took it out of the the, the gutter uh, because when he was he appeared on the scene, people were in the shitcoin world, like the Bitcoin caches and the Bitcoin's um, Satoshi visions and all these other coins and projects and failed nightmares were had some agency. People did give them a little bit of play, but when Michael Saylor appeared. And he was so articulate and so brilliant and so uh, so aggressive in his Bitcoin position that he really put everybody in the shade and he did a great job doing that. And he's, I think, really a hero, a Bitcoin hero. I agree. I think he'll be viewed in history as the most legendary investor of all time, to be quite honest. And, you know, I'm prone to hyperbole, but I really believe that that's what's going to happen. And it was a lot of fun watching people uh, laugh at him on the way down uh, when you know who's going to end up with the last laugh. That was 2021 that you and I talked. Obviously, Sailor came in MicroStrategy at the end of 2020. And you'll remember at that time, there was this sentiment that every company was going to put Bitcoin on the balance sheet. We saw the El Salvador announcement hours after you and I sat down for that interview. We thought every country was going to start adopting Bitcoin. And it kind of stopped there, right? And we went through one of these classic winters. Do you think that we're going to now reignite those narratives that we're going to start to see that happening, especially with the gap accounting rules changing and really uh, you know, more renewed interest? Or do you think that we haven't gotten there yet? It's hard to be first. And I think we have seen that, right? Michael Saylor was first. And I think, well, also you have to remember that Elon Musk was also yeah. involved uh, and, and put that on his balance sheet and still has it on the, I believe it's the Tesla balance sheet uh, from that same period right after Michael Saylor. So to be fair, he has uh, stuck with his Bitcoin position, most of it, at least on Tesla's balance sheet. And so those two were first. Elon Musk doesn't talk about it as much. He rarely talks about Bitcoin these days. But El Salvador, for a nation state, I think it was, you know, President Bukele is definitely also, like you said, Michael Saylor will go down in history as the, as the best investor. But certainly President Bukele will go down in history as one of the greatest leaders ever in, in history. So I think you'll see that. And yes, when it's super, super safe and when pretty much the U.S. gives the go ahead, then other countries will follow because it is very difficult to stand up against the humiliation. Michael Saylor did, right? As you, as you said, people were mocking him. Many people were mocking him as it kept on going down and, and down and down. The same thing happened with El Salvador. We, you know, we were here. We've been working for President Bukele and we, we know what it was like to withstand all of the not only the media, but the international institutions who were uh, expressed concern about El Salvador and things like that. So I think most people, that famous video of the, you know, the first, the leader goes out there and dances, and then it takes a while of, of being out there looking like a fool. And then the second one comes and dances with the first leader, and then a whole crowd comes. So I think uh, whoever, th there will be a second follower to El Salvador soon, I feel, in the next 18 months, because the, the bull market, this bull market usually drives that sort of adoption at the, at the high level. So I think there's going to be another smaller country like El Salvador. You know, El Salvador is almost like a city state, right? So it's six and a half million people here. That's a small, that's smaller than New York City. Uh, so I think you'll have a similarly, like maybe a little bit bigger, but it'll still be relatively small country uh, do the same. I think you, El Salvador was also the unique position where the dollar was their currency. So they didn't have to worry about 
the United States attacking their currency <laughs> by, by, by doing this. And so, you know, like we, we obviously, I think, saw a lot of countries start to make the move in that direction. And to your point, we saw the IMF and World Bank and the United States come out and say, I don't think so. Right. So uh, how do we get over that hurdle, I guess, is the question. I mean, Max, you've hinted at other countries coming in, but it's going to take maybe even bigger balls than Bukele did for a lot of them to do that unless they're uh, on the dollar as their currency. Yeah, well, the we have the collapse of fiat money. I know the fiat money experiment, which is about 300 years old, and then it got very aggressive in the early 1970s in the U.S. when they went off the gold standard. We went up on a pure fiat money world. So the results of this are predictably catastrophic, right? The total jet debt for global debt is um, it's just skyrocketing to new highs. The U.S. debt keeps going up. And so we're going to head into the big reset at some point. And in one corner will be fiat money. In another corner, which includes CBDC, central bank digital currency, that's another fiat money. Another corner will be gold. And then in the other corner will be Bitcoin. So it'll be a showdown between these three forms of money to see who wins. And I think the smart money is on Bitcoin. Certainly, fiat money is going to lose. Uh, I think gold is also in the process of being demonetized by Bitcoin. Gold is very sluggish in its price action because of Bitcoin. It's being demonetized by Bitcoin the same way gold demonetized silver. Silver. Yep. Gold is being demonetized by Bitcoin. So it's never really going to catch up at this point. And it'll go to effectively to zero against Bitcoin. I mean, it'll, there'll still be a price for it, but it'll be effectively zero. I yeah, think people freak out. People freak out when I say go to zero. It's trend towards zero, guys. We don't literally think that everything is going to have zero value. Come on, here, go ahead. Yeah, well, the same way until we get to the final Bitcoin is like a hundred and something, twenty years or something out in the future. The same thing with the these currencies. But I think you know the important thing to look at is uh, the closer one is to layer one money and those the three like it's hard to be layer one money. Everybody thinks just because you know there's like two million altcoins. And there's hundreds, well, like dozens of international currencies that it's easy, but it's not easy. That's why they, so many of them go rapidly to zero. We have gold, the US dollar, and Bitcoin, and those three, right? So uh, El Salvador was already on the US dollar standard. Uh, anyone, any country the closest to uh, either US dollar standard or all of those oil rich countries which sell their commodities for, you know, their oil for dollars. All commodity countries, uh, they sell their their current their commodities for dollars. So those are pretty much on a U.S. dollar standard as well already because of the vast amounts of dollars they receive. So it's easier for them to therefore also introduce Bitcoin because they're they're not in, at risk of having no other fiat currency, the best fiat currency out there, right? So it could be the oil rich countries. It could be Bhutan, by the way, as well. So. Uh, oil that they sell or vast quantities of previously stranded energy. And Bhutan had a mass amount of stranded hydro. So now they're apparently mining. We don't know how much they're mining, but it looks pretty significant. So they're already pretty much from what we've seen uh, on a Bitcoin standard already as well. Yeah, people aren't talking about the fact that there's a number of sovereign nations that are mining Bitcoin, whether they've made it legal tender, which is a bigger headline, they're adopting it, right? And that was a huge one, Bhutan and people, it, it almost didn't make the news. I mean, you're wearing a volcano energy hat, Max. What's going on down there uh, right now at the volcanoes? Oh, right. Well, volcano energy is a new startup here in El Salvador. It's a billion dollar startup. It's a unicorn right here in El Salvador. And we are in the business of solar, wind, and geothermal energy mining, and uh, with an emphasis on geothermal that will be uh, rolling out uh, more aggressively over the next few years. And um, so El Salvador has aspirations to be completely energy independent and to be an energy powerhouse and to be a Bitcoin powerhouse and to grab a significant portion of the global hash by tapping into our volcanoes, right? We use the model of Iceland. Iceland, we, we're very familiar with Iceland and their geothermal Bitcoin mining operations. We've been following that for many years. And we kind of took that knowledge here to El Salvador. The company was started up just uh, less than a year ago. 
and uh, it's it's really um, hit the ground running, doing very very well. And um, you should just continue to see some good positive coming out of the volcano energy. And in terms of the country itself as well, we're proving that you know again there. El Salvador has the most amount of geothermal capacity per capita in the world. So it's previously been totally untapped. There haven't been any geothermal developments here since the 70s. So now Bitcoin gives a reason to tap into that geothermal because previously, you know, there needed to be a vast industrial base here to make it worth investors' time to invest because remember, it takes three to five years to develop a geothermal project. So uh, now we have that reason. Bitcoin, uh, we know we know the emission schedule. We know the hash, like we could predict the hash rate going out into the future. So we know how to uh, tap into that. So it's the energy will capacity that we're going to build and that they're building at Volcano Energy. Max is the chairman. Uh, they're building the geothermal, which should drive down prices for all of El Salvador, which could inspire more economic activity and more industrialization, more uh, economic activity here that had previously been unimagined. What's life like on the ground in El Salvador for Bitcoin adoption right now? You know, it was like everybody was watching it very closely at the beginning. And as with anything in this uh sort of spastic news cycle that we have uh, in the world, it sort of disappears and we haven't heard much about the adoption. How are the people reacting to it at this point, you know, in 2024? How much is it being used? How much is it still being talked about? Talk about this life in El Salvador with Bitcoin. I would, the adoption metric that we look at the most at the high level, and, you know, I run the Bitcoin office, for example, we look at how many of the best and brightest individuals and companies around the world of Bitcoin are adopting El Salvador because it's the brains and the talent that build a great economy. And so think of Silicon Valley and how it developed. It wasn't the coffee shops and the bakeries in, in Silicon Valley area, in the Bay Area that were uh, you know, adopting an email address or had free Wi-Fi in the 90s. It wasn't that that was the metric that everybody looked at. And yet that's a metric what people, well, the media will often look at El Salvador and look at all the coffee shops and the pupuserias to see if they're using Bitcoin, where we believe that it's, you know, in Silicon Valley, what happened was, uh, you know, the capital markets developed there around this industry of software development and, you know, the internet. And we believe we're doing the same here. We're building, um, we're, we're attracting the best and the brightest, the best builders of Bitcoin, because you can't build a great economy without builders. And we're attracting those builders here. And we're, you know, we've, we've passed all the legislation and regulations for new capital markets on Bitcoin. And you're about to see in the next few weeks what we're going to do with that. You're going to see some big announcements on top of new capital markets on Bitcoin. So that's what we're aiming for. And then the rest will follow. Just like, you know, you can look back at the 90s and all the media interpretations of what the Internet and how Paul Krugman's and and Katie Couric. Remember all those clips of them like, who would want an email? (laughs) Like, you know, the same thing. We're at that phase now and people don't know what metric to look at. But I believe the metric that is most important for us right now at the beginning of this is getting the best and brightest builders in the world to come build the new El Salvador. I love that. You guys talked about how, go ahead. So please. I was going to say, by the way, uh, we're as part of that program of, of the policy of attracting the best and brightest, we have just introduced a new pretty interesting program called uh, adopting El Salvador. So we're seeking out the wealthy best and brightest who want a fast track to citizenship and we, you know, in this program is actually, it takes like four weeks, maybe six weeks at most to get your That's passport. That's the million dollar program effectively that everybody was talking about, which I, I believe I read is going to go up. <laughs> it's not going to stay at that price. For, for this year, we have a thousand spots open and it's a million dollars donation. And what you're donating to is to social, cultural and economic development in the same vein of what you've already seen from President Bukele. And I, I don't think there's anybody in your audience, even haters, right, of El Salvador, 
they all can recognize that there's been an amazing transformation of El Salvador. That the transformation here is remarkable and it is historic. It, you know, uh, five years ago, El Salvador was the deadliest, most dangerous country on earth. Right? It had the highest homicide rate in the world. Now it's one of the safest and we're on track to be actually in the very top safest of the world. We're one of the, we're like the second safest in the Western hemisphere, but soon we'll also be up there with Japan and, and, and Europe in terms of the pace of, of the sa safety here. So your, your, your donation, your million dollar donation goes into that. So, I mean, we're seeking builders. There are other jurisdictions, for example, if you want to just avoid taxes and that's the only reason yeah. you're interested in the second passport, there are cheaper options, but we're looking for uh, builders and this very specific mindset because that mindset is important. Uh, President Bukele talked about it on September 15th, which is Independence Day here to the nation is like, okay, I've transformed the country and the perception of the country from around the world. And now it's time for you, Salvadoran people, to change your mindset and get ready to build and start having confidence to build. And we're inviting those individuals. The price tag and the marketing of it is targeting just a thousand people out of seven and a half billion people around the world. We just need a thousand. And we believe we can radically improve and transform this economy. Uh, I, I love that. Um, I really do. It's funny you alluded to maybe there'd be haters of El Salvador. I don't hear that anymore, to be honest, right? I think at the time you just sort of outlined, everyone was like, but it's, you know, maybe he's a dictator and maybe it's dangerous and all these things. I don't hear any of that anymore. I think everybody actually has a favorable view. Uh, in El the Salvador is winning. Sphere. Yeah, I, I really El Salvador is winning. True. You guys said something amazing when you were talking about the dollar, gold, Bitcoin, Right. Jamie Dimon yesterday, Bitcoin's just a pet rock, uh, doesn't seem to know that AML and anti-money laundering are both the same thing. And if you use Bitcoin for anti-money laundering, I guess that would be a good thing the way he said it. I, I don't know. He seemed very confused, but he says it has no use case. Does he not understand money, Max? I mean, what do you make of him? And by the way, I've never seen a more triggered person. He said, I'm never talking about this again and was talking about it like 30 seconds later. I'm pretty sure it's living rent free in his head. It's what he talks about with his like wife at night. I, I'm pretty sure like he can't get Bitcoin out of his brain the way he talks about it. Well, Bitcoin triggers public uh, mental breakdowns, nervous breakdowns. Not seeing Taleb, it had a very public nervous breakdown in the face of, of Bitcoin. Jamie Dimon is having a very public a nervous breakdown. If I were the board of JP Morgan, I would be concerned because he seems to be mentally incapacitated and should not be on the board. He should not be running that company. And uh, we see some other examples of executives uh, who, um, you know, look at the Jim Cramer. He's obviously been um, transformed from being just reliably unpredictable and inconsequential to being an outright publicly melting down clown uh, by Bitcoin, right? So this is what Bitcoin does. It, it separates the wheat from the chafe. It's a great divider. It can, I say, you know, Bitcoin's not for everybody. You know, it's like in the Bible that says the path narrows. You know, you have to constantly be working on yourself to be your moral, your ethical, your, your own. You have to work on yourself constantly to keep up with Bitcoin because Bitcoin is perfect money. If you don't put the work into keeping yourself cleansed of fiat money and all the nonsense, you will be destroyed by Bitcoin. And we say that Bitcoin is kind of like the ark. And El Salvador is like the ark in that not everyone's going to make it. And the, the gene pool may not have Jamie Dimon's family in it anymore because they have made themselves extinct by going with the wrong, they, they've taken the wrong, they've hard forked themselves from humanity, which is maybe great for us because we don't want those genes in the gene pool going forward. They're too stupid. He's just too stupid. That's the bottom line is that he's a guy who has achieved his success by um, essentially he should definitely have imposter syndrome for real. He's an imposter, essentially. Um, well, he's, closer, he's closer to the money. Yeah. I want to add, and by the way, is my audio still working? Because, you know, I, as I told you before the show, we have a new computer here. <laughs> so yeah. I have to load all the software. And I, I did get a notice that I have to pay for the software that I downloaded. <laughs> You're um, still working. 
Oh, good. But, you know, uh, President Bukele often tweets about strong men create good times. And you know that whole cycle, right, of, yeah. of, of strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create bad times, bad times create strong men. So the same thing goes for money, right? And I believe what you're seeing, what Max is expressing there is that the, the, str- the weak money, which is the dollar, it was weakened over time. It started out very strong because it was backed by an indust- a growing industrial powerhouse, which was the U.S., and then it was swapped out and backed by, well, it was no longer backed by gold. And then it was backed by oil. But now, you know, the entropy of the empire is like the only thing that backs it. And it's not very attractive. Right. So the weak currency has created weak men. You know, it's just all weakness. That's the problem with proof of stake. And one thing about El Salvador being on a Bitcoin standard is that I think, as Michael Saylor says, you know, Bitcoin breaks all your cycles, all your models, everything, right? So I think this could be the thing that stops that cycle. So President Bukele, his leadership is strong. He's a strong character with, uh, with uh, strong principles. And we see the results. That's why nobody, there are no haters out there anymore because we're winning. El Salvador is winning. It's hard to uh, fight success. It's obvious success, right? You can't, it's hard to hate on it. So we've, he's created the, the conditions for now the good times. But if the economy is run on a Bitcoin standard, I think the good times should last, you know, while the hard money standard lasts. I, I don't think you're going, because the, the hard currency keeps people honest. It keeps them having to work. You have to keep working to, there's no proof of stake in Bitcoin. Yeah, he's like uh, a, a Don Quixote figure chasing windmills. Uh, Jamie Diamond, that Jamie is. Jamie Diamond. He's like a Don Quixote figure chasing windmills um, with his poncho, you know, a comical sidekick, whoever is the vice chairman of that Albatross nightmare failed bank. And, uh, you know, so it is comic, right? We, we read Don Quixote because he's a tragic comic, tragic figure. And this is Jamie Diamond has become a tragic comedy. You know, he's it, it, it's it's tragedy because he's. He's emblematic of a dying empire of the U.S. dollar and and America, but it's also comic because he's um, taking on a foe that he can't possibly ever have any impact on, and that would be Bitcoin. So we have to take it in that context um, and get a good laugh at Jamie's expense. And um, a lot of people fall into that category. And um, you know, we're at an interesting point in history where. Uh, you know, the cycles are turning. We also say that if everyone believes in the fourth turning and that the, the world revolves around these huge cycles of good and bad, that uh, as the world in general is entering into a fourth cycle negative period, actually El Salvador is the first one out of that cycle. It's actually now in a high growth period. And we say that it's leading the world in this way, that the, the new Statue of Liberty is a volcano in El Salvador. El Salvador has become the place to be if you want economic freedom, if you want freedom of expression. If you, you know, this is El Salvador is the new America in terms of it, the mindset that America used to represent is now only found in the whole world. It's really only found here in El Salvador. I also want to say that there's a bizarre thing called projection that really has happened so hard out of the US, the so-called the self-described elite, right? So uh, Hillary Clinton calling everybody deplorables when she was the deplorable. Bob Menendez, Senator Bob Menendez, say he was the one leading the attacks, the hate against El Salvador very early on, if you remember. And he was saying, Bitcoin is a haven for money launderers. He's correct. Yeah, he's a money And hello, yeah. he got caught with bars of gold hidden in his walls, right? And stacks of cash. No Bitcoin, just dollars and gold, right? And then Jamie Dimon, like it was, everybody was, of course, it's comical. He was like, what Bitcoin, the only use case for it is money laundering, a drug dealing and sex trafficking. It's like, um, what has JP Morgan had to pay fines over the past literally just two, three years for it? Jeffrey Epstein, a drug running. Remember that ship with a billion dollars worth of drugs that I think it was in Pennsylvania. 
Then there was, of course, uh, the tens of billions on all the money laundering. Money so, laundering. It, it's like, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, they, they pay like 10 billion a year or something and just uh, move on with their lives. And they also had the uh, nickel plated gold. Yeah, the, the, the projection is insane out of him. Oh, the market manipulation, all the commodities market manipulation they were involved in and pay fines on. Yeah, he made another, you know, excuse me, Anthony Perkins in Psycho, where he, you know, he's, he's the, uh, he killed his mother. He, he, he's got his mom rotting in the, in the attic. Um, you know, it's, it, his brain has surely uh, been corrupted by the presence of perfect money because it revealed to himself. The problem is that people are, can be good at lying to themselves, their whole careers, their whole lives. And they can die and never having to face the truth about themselves. But Bitcoin is a mirror that holds it up to you. And when Jamie looks in that mirror of Bitcoin, he sees a very ugly, dysfunctional, brain damaged, you know, uh, troll that working for the fiat money masters. And it, it hurts him badly. And you can hear it when he goes on TV and he's crying and he's, he's in a fetal position and he's asking for mommy. And, he, and, and you see it, and on, on one hand, it's tragic because it's a emblematic of America, but on the other hand, it's comical yes. because he's a grown man. He, should, when, he never went through puberty, right? He must have had puberty blockers a long, long time ago because he's still in a poo-poo caca phase. He's still wetting his diapers. He never got potty trained. Jamie needs to get potty trained. He needs to grow up. He, his balls haven't dropped. Talk about balls. His hasn't dropped no yet. He's still an infant. No balls. I got to say that, Stacey, this is so much more fun when I get to watch your reactions while it's happening. It makes it so much more entertaining. We're out of time, but can you guys promise me you said there's some big announcements coming. Can we do this again uh, when those announcements drop and talk about what's happening uh, further in El Salvador? Because I need like three more hours with you guys. Oh, yes, definitely. After the landslide victory on February 4th, so that's when President Bukele will be elected in the landslide victory. All the polls, international polls, opposition polls show he's going to win big time, right? And sweep the entire Congress here, the, the Legislative Assembly. So he's there. his party is expected to win 57 or 58 of the 60 seats. So it's going to be a total landslide, right? After that, after February and all, all the political season is over, then we have a a whole bunch of announcements, great announcements to make. So watch this space. And if you're interested in adopting El Salvador as your home, you could do it very fast track with it. by the end of February, by the end of all these uh, big headlines, you'll have your passport. And that is adopting El Salvador dot G O B B Bravo, uh, you know, so for gobierno, uh, G O B dot S V. So adopting El Salvador dot G O B dot S V. And you'll I'll find all the information in the comments about at the end. Yeah. And I'll put okay, it because cool. most people listen to it after not live. So we'll, we'll, we'll drop it down in the comments and make the, make it happen. Guys. Awesome. I Thank you. Like six minutes over. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, uh, your new computer is working great. It's fine. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Fine. Thank you guys. Always a pleasure. And we will do this again soon. Uh, when we hear those announcements for El Salvador. All right. Moving on guys. That was awesome. I absolutely loved having them. Um, Maybe at the end, I'll play you the uh, expletive rant uh, about Elizabeth Warren because it's really, really fun and echoes my own uh, often sentiments that I've had about her, but in a way that uh, I would not have been able to articulate uh, myself. I agree generally with the Jamie Dimon comments. I think my question becomes, and we've talked about this here, whether Larry Fink has truly changed his tone or whether it's literally just about money uh, and I think some would say something more nefarious. I'm willing to believe that Larry Fink actually is one of us now because uh, he's spending a hell of a lot of time out on his roadshow. But anyways, guys, now that we've talked to Max and Stacy, of course, it's Thursday, which means we got Dan, the chart guys, to tell us what's happening in the market. We had to make sure, Dan, that they exited the room before we started talking about other assets or I would have had to watch them like in the waiting room, screaming <laughs> expletives at me about how my balls haven't dropped. Right now, it's a, uh, a safe bet. Good call. Me in the fetal position, but uh, I think they're gone. Yeah. Okay. We'll <laughs> so, what do you make of what's happening with markets right now, man? So, overall, you know, Bitcoin's at a, a spot where it, it's a daily bear flag that's, that's shaping up on the daily chart right now. And so, we all know 40,000 is the key level that everybody's watching. And we're going to find out in, you know, two, two, three days or so. Well, with the weekend coming up, we know things can slow down, but 
Very shortly, we're going to find out this is either a bear flag to test 40,000 or we break the high of the current bounce, 43.6, and we just hold support yet again. And, and longer term bulls don't have anything to worry about if 40,000 is support. But uh, like I said, we're going to find out pretty soon here because this is a pretty weak bounce over the last few days. And uh, we're, we're pretty close to testing the low of this drop. Yeah, and I can see that 50. I'm assuming that's it. Just looking at it, the 50 MA sort of looming there now above. I keep pointing out the fact that uh, we were above it since September, October, and now back below and testing it as resistance. If you even zoom into the four hour, it kind of looks the same under the 100, the 50, the 200. We lost some key levels and some key uh, metrics here in my mind, or some key moving averages. Yeah, just a little peak euphoria moment driven by some headlines. And, and now we just need to digest it and reassess. And again, the big question for me is, is this a long-term lower high? It's the six-month chart. Are we going to do the same thing 2017, 2018, where we saw you know 65% bounce retracement and kept tightening up a bit? And now we have our 65, 67% bounce retracement. And so the big question is, if 40,000 becomes resistance, you know, I'm going to be looking for 2024 to potentially be a bit boring, at least the first half, while we tighten up and digest things and, you know, do the balancing act between supply and demand and find that new base. But short term, that's my prediction. That, yeah, that's my prediction, by the way. I mean, I, I don't know shit about what's coming, but, uh, you know, now that we've seen the EF, ETF trade sort of shake out in the short term without a compelling narrative, now we go right back to, hey, four year cycle having. And anyone who watches that knows you get a really boring year up until like October or November when things start to generally heat up. So it makes sense. Yeah. And that that just means, you know, if you're if you're sitting around looking what to do, you've got some capital to, to look to buy a longer term, higher low, uh, if you want to be a little bit more patient and conservative. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, and the same thing with the miners, those miners like MARA just clearly hitting a, a euphoria top and pulling back very significantly. And so, you know, just like that, we're almost down 50% from that high. And it's just, you know, euphoria reaching a, a temporary climax. Yeah, I think uh, one of the institutions, I'm looking for the article. I actually have it here. One second. Uh, look at that. Uh, Bernstein says, buy the dip in mining stocks ahead of Bitcoin price inflection. So it says prefers outperform rated mining stocks, riot platforms, and clean spark in this case. But now we do have the institutions kind of yelling, Okay, enough of this uh, 50% retracement you just talked about. There's a lot of good things going for these miners. Maybe it's time to get back in. I'm not ready just yet. I'm, I'm watching for it each day for the daily bounce on this name. But uh, until Bitcoin either clearly confirms that bear flag or clearly negates it, we're not going to get any kind of meaningful conviction behind a bounce, in my opinion. Yeah, I tend to agree. What else are you watching these days? Just the broader market, you know, holding on just fine. Here's the NASDAQ testing the recent highs. It's been consolidating sideways for almost a month, which is just fine for the bulls. The semiconductors have been leading the way up with NVDA hitting new all-time highs. Uh, certainly still watching cannabis. And, you know, there's been a lot of hype uh, gaining on social media as more and more people become aware that we're waiting on a DEA rescheduling decision. Uh, until we get that headline, MSOS, if we're not trading over 988, uh, we're just trading sideways. So uh, definitely aware that you know we have to have a concrete headline. The the sector has been plagued by uh, don't want to let's see what kind of word just teased. It's being teased Te in yeah, terms of you know looking for a headline, but we don't get the actual. Give us give us a concrete federal change, and then we'll say do we okay, have a this date. Like do we do we have a date when uh, I, I've seen some people throwing out like random dates when we might get an answer, but I haven't seen anything concrete on that. Or is the, we're just 20, kind of in that waiting period and it could come anytime. Yeah, there's there's no concrete date. I've always thought it's going to be closer to the election to try and coast off a headline. But uh, there is on the 23rd of this month, there is a, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a judgment of a, a lawsuit and it could potentially tie into that. It's a little bit of hopium, but uh, you know, with nothing else looming, I'd say pay attention to the 23rd. But other than that, yeah, it could just come out of, out of nowhere and, you know, people will get bored the longer it takes. If it takes another month plus and um, we're still talking about it, you know, we can easily trade sideways. But as we know, keep an eye on that headline. The good news is, you know, if we're not running up, if we are trading sideways, that means I expect a bullish headline reaction as opposed to like we saw with the ETF. If you're running up into the headline, it yeah. takes away that punch. Yeah. And uh, other than that. 
Go ahead. I didn't have you last week, and it would have been literally the day of the Bitcoin spot ETF uh, launch. We would have we would have been on like as it launched. Yeah. Right? Not like as it hit the market. Was anything about that a surprise to you? The way that it's traded, that move up to forty nine, the quick dump, uh, and now just. I mean, it's like the the market literally was put on ice. Nothing's happening now. Yeah, honestly, it, it wasn't. I actually, you know, it surprised me that that we did hold up that well up to 49. It, it, it held up a little bit longer than I thought it would. But, you know, I was always in the more cautious camp of, of sell the news. And I sold my swing position, I think at 47.6 or something like that. And, uh, you know, for me, it was just risk, what's risk reward at this level. And for me, it's, it's taking profit. And that's just, you know, something I've learned playing hype sectors throughout the years that, you know, I would rather leave money on the table than give it back. And so I'm always going to be one to at least be taking partial profit into uh, extreme strength. Yeah, that makes sense. What else are you looking at up there? Uranium still, I mean, it's boring. It's not sexy, you know, but uranium for an entire year, this is a weekly chart, just uptrend, you know, all time highs, the ETF, URNJ, just tightens beautifully for two months and then rips to new all time highs. So, you know, it's not, it's not gonna make you hundred percent in a week, but in terms of slow and steady, very clear uptrends, uh, they've, they've got the steady drip of bullish narrative and uh it's definitely still a spot that i'm looking to pay attention and, and make trades you so you think that we're going to continue to see it sort of slowly grind up it's funny that people aren't talking about it i remember uh i definitely remember like i think i've told this story before but 2000 god early 2000s when uh everyone was talking about it like they're talking about bitcoin now or like you're talking about weed now there was this moment when uranium was like going to be a gajillion dollars and then it was just flat for over a decade yeah <laughs> it, topped, it was topped hard excuse me but it like, was yeah. that fukushima really took the wind out of the, the sector and sent it to the dumps in terms of sentiment um but yeah you know it's returning it's it's more and more you know people cut out uranium or cut out nuclear because you know we're going green and now they're kind of backtracking like wait a second nuclear is actually you know potentially the better option here and we do need to have some of it and so uh, it's just, it's just got a good, as long as the weekly uptrend just continues, you know, we're going to keep looking there. Uh, other than that, you know, just keep an eye on the, the, this cannabis sector, like I mentioned, and, uh, being, being bullish because the broader market is telling us to keep staying bullish at this point. I, this is a hilarious tweet, but it, uh, makes a lot of sense. It says S and P 500 down 0.6% year to date. I bet it's now flat Twitter. This is the worst market I've ever seen. Yeah. Why do you think that? Like, I do get that. I really do get that impression that people feel like everything has topped, it's over, it's crashed, and literally, like, everything is still sitting at the highs. I mean, QQQ, like you said, NASDAQ literally just gapped up almost to all time high today. It's, it's one of the reasons that I've stayed interested in trading for over a decade. It's the psychological aspect of things. You know, I, I love it's something I do in nature. I love observing like animals and their social pecking order of like a chicken coop and things like that. And it's just the same thing with humans. I'm just observing and it's just fascinating the, the way that, you know, emotions come into play and people get bored. And uh, yeah, it's the bulls are just fine. That's the bottom line. Well, use those retracements. As, I was going to say, if we were talking right now about how this is the greatest market ever and things can never go down, then you'd be much more cautious than people sitting at the highs and there's still extreme bearishness. Yeah. Yeah. Just watch, watch the retracements. You know, we went up all the end of last year. We've only retraced like the sideways consolidation we're seeing. We've only pulled back like 15% of that retracement or something, you know, not even close to negating a bull flag. So uh, I have to see something very convincing from the bears. On the bear side of things, I am bearish the energy sector and have been for you know a month plus. Uh, that's one spot where I like a little bit of weakness. But uh, other than that, just just playing the trends. Mike McGlone comes on here every Monday and says that oil is going to forty bucks a barrel or sub fifty. So I'll, that, I'll that take it. I'm really well with what you're saying. I'm short XLE, so I'll take it. You, you certainly will. Yeah, that'll, you, you might not be showing up to my streams anymore then if yeah. the oil goes down to 40 bucks and you hold it through it. All right, man. Well, guys, everyone follow uh, Chart Charman Dan, Chart Guys, uh, down below in the description and follow his channel, of course. Check out everything that he's doing. We missed you last week. That would have been fun, but uh, yeah, 
didn't end up being the fireworks right there that we would have probably been uh, looking for anyway. So yeah, I was traveling. It's it's you know I booked something months and months in advance. Hey man, first. I don't blame you. This is not your first priority. I understand. Yeah. That. trust me. <laughs> I appreciate that you show up uh, every week. Really awesome. Always to have you in great insight. I I, I just hope that uh, the day that they finally uh, reschedule marijuana, like we happen to be streaming. Although you're going to cut off immediately and go day trade it. See ya. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll literally know that the news happened by you disappearing one day. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, guys. All right, man. Well, thank you, Dan. Uh, see you next week. See you, Scott. All right. All right, guys. And now it's that time because I almost forgot, but we're giving away money every single week. hundred bucks to somebody in the comments. And this time, because we didn't get to do it before, this is a bad idea. It's a bad idea. All right, first, I'm going to play this video. I'm going to play you guys this video in advance of me asking the question that you have to comment on. Ready? Okay, I'm going to do it. There's a few countries are still in the frame of mind that they need to outlaw or regulate Bitcoin. And particularly in the U.S., when you hear people like Brad Sherman or Elizabeth Warren, or there's another congressperson out in California now who's attacking El Salvador, and we need to protect the dollar from El Salvador. Oh my gosh. Okay, so these people... I mean, Liz Warren has her head so far up her ass that uh, it's uh, it's like a contortionist's dream. I mean, she should be at La Cirque du Soleil doing <laughs> contortions. I mean, it, I've never seen such an ill-informed, financially illiterate fuckwit in my life. And she's actually in a position of power and people listen to her. That's a, very sad for America. It's America's loss. You know, the rest of the world's looking at that, rubbing their hands and saying, Keep talking, bitch, because we got the commodities and we're going to be running the show soon and you're going to be out there sucking cock in the parking lot for two bucks. Have at it, bitch. Pretty <laughs> much. I'm sorry to be so frank, but that's the that's life, baby. Sorry to be so frank, but that's life, baby. Guys, uh, when we recorded that, and by the way, that was before the anti-crypto army and everything uh we literally debated we're like do we cut it do we keep it of course we fucking kept it i've played it like 10 times have you ever heard i mean unbelievable okay so here's gonna be the question and since you guys missed him while he was uh rotting away in united states uh prison uh misha guys he's here he's a real person Yo, Did you know I was going to bring you on? I literally just said to him, you're coming on, do your hair. And he was like, what? <laughs> so I think the question today, and I'm going to let you pick the winner because I don't want to do it and think people is uh, playing playing favorites. Um, guys, give us your best description of Elizabeth Warren. And whoever we choose, you, uh, you're going to get $100 and you're going to email Mike Misha, but he's Mike too at the Wolf of All Streets.io to get paid. Mike yesterday, not this Mike, got paid. Go ahead. Give us your favorite description of Elizabeth Warren. And in about one minute, going to choose. We got uh, Buckwit, not a gynecologist, <laughs> but I know it's good. Pocahontas Falls, Demon Lizard, right? Demon Lizard, Senator Karen. That's good. That's good. Uh, pretty good. Elizabeth Warren is like a shit coin. <laughs> I got di dinosaur, dark Pokemon. Man, we're gonna go to jail. We have a lot of thing. dinosaurs. Parasite, bobblehead. <laughs> uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren, the war vagina. <laughs> Jamie Diamond, daughter. I can't even. I can't even keep up with the comments. The ones I try to click on, then other ones got mortal demon. Uh, last of the trollicans. You might not know Last of the Mohicans, very famous book and uh, movie here. Ball breaker. I like this. Uh, $2 hell, <laughs> old hag, or in a pile of poop with flies over it. Why uh, Forrest Gump? What? Where'd Forrest? Was Forrest Gump one of them? They were just kind of saying that she's not all completely there. Uh, dipstick Lizzie, worst Karen of the neighbors. Bag cheese. Bag cheese. Peter Schiff's wife. Anti-crypto army highs are Pocahontas undraped balls. How dare you insult Forrest Gump? Okay, you got to choose one, man. Yeah, choose. Oh, I can't man, do this forever. They're, they're still going, yeah. but you just choose yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mother Teresa of cock. This is good. <laughs> this is good. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Best trader ever. That's Nancy Pelosi, guys. Sorry. Not Baby Yoda. Oh, God. Bag, che bag cheese is pretty good. I don't even know what it means, but it was pretty good. Um, yeah, there are a lot of a lot of things I, I don't even know what it is. Well, yeah, you're not, you know, if you don't have the, uh, the, like, what the, is the it? beauty of being born in America. I don't know what bag cheese is. I don't know. What is it? Cherokee? Where, where was it? Cherokee was cum dumpster. Cherokee yeah. is a kind of Native American, and Elizabeth Warren once claimed she was part Native American, so they started calling oh, her okay. Pocahontas. So that's where the Native American, maybe slightly racist, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, I know that this one. Illicable <laughs> Warren, $2. Pelosi <laughs> <laughs> and Gensler had a kid named Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, Co cockless Lizzie. I like this one. Cockless Lizzie. Yeah, that sounds Dez, really good. Dez has been here since day one. I I agree with Dez. Dez, you win. Dez wins. Yes, Dez, yeah, you set, win. Set You've set been here email. supporting since. See, I said I wasn't going to pick favorites, but we picked Dez. But it was a great. Uh, it was it was a great it was a great comment, and we love Dez. So. I know. And Dez, I know you want a McLaren hat signed. I'm going to work on that. It's going to take me some time, man. It's going to take me some time. I did get a McLaren poster signed. Do you guys want to see it? I can go get it. Watch, wait. Check it out. Pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, check it out. You can see my ring. Pretty awesome. All right, Dez. Can you guys hear me? Okay, ready. Hey, Dez, you got to email Mike at the wolf of all streets.io. Honestly, man, I would just pay you for being here for so long. So I'm glad that you won. <laughs> um, great comment, Cockless Lizzie. There was a million good ones. Guys, we're going to do this every day. It's super fun. Uh, I feel bad for the people who listen to this on audio afterwards and have no idea what the hell is happening. But hey, maybe we'll edit this. <laughs> but yeah, $100. Uh, and, and Dez, by the way, Misha, Dez literally like checked in on you every day that you were gone. Oh, cool. Thank you, man. Thank you. He would like, I would get DMs from him on X and he would ask over here, update on the producer. So it's, it's fitting that, uh, I, I guess you, uh, you, uh, whatever he says, say what, please donate it to a dog shelter, please. We can donate it for you, but we're just email Mike, please. Okay. Yeah. Mike at the wolf of all streets.io. We'll figure it out. Or maybe I'll match your donation to a dog shelter, but we definitely want you to get something. All right, guys, Visha, uh, I think we're done, right? Yep. What do we got tomorrow? Oh, the Friday Five. The Friday Five. So we'll have Nathaniel Whittemore on the Friday Five. Uh, that's all we got, guys. Uh, interesting having Max and Stacy, I would say. Um, but uh, not not as he's a little more tame with her, maybe. I don't know if that was tame, but maybe a little more tame. And that's all we got, guys. We will be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Misha, thank you for joining. I'm going to make you come on and, and help me choose so I don't have to be the awesome. guy who is the I bad love guy. it. Awesome. Perfect. But that <laughs> means you're going to have to actually be somewhere we can turn your camera on every day. <laughs> every day, man. All right, guys. Thank you. See you tomorrow. Bye. Peace. That's dope.